This episode of Healing Ninjas was recorded at the Brooklyn Podcasting Studio. You can check us out at brooklynpodcastingstudio.com. We deal with a lot of first-time podcasters, so if you're looking to start a podcast, this is the place to be because we actually want you to succeed and we actually care about your podcast. In addition to having a really, really relaxed and professional environment, we also give a lot of great feedback, tips, and really go out of our way to try to help podcasters with any questions that they may have. So if you're interested, please check us out at brooklynpodcastingstudio.com and enjoy the show. Welcome to the Healing Ninjas podcast, a space dedicated to highlighting the healing stories of everyday people. This podcast is not a replacement for professional support. This podcast may contain content that may be graphic, violent, or traumatic in nature. Listener discretion is advised. The goal of sharing these stories is to help you, the listener, hear how people have struggled in various ways and the steps they have taken to become healing ninjas, individuals who are seeking to master the art of healing. Healing is not a linear process. We all have our ups and downs. This podcast aims to create a brave space for people to share and learn from one another. I'm your host, Hernan Carvente Martinez. Welcome to the Healing Ninjas community. Hey everyone, it's Hernan here back with another episode of Healing Ninjas. And so today I have the extreme pleasure of having a friend of mine who I recently met um, and met actually through the podcast, y'all. So I told y'all this is a space for making connections and the podcast is literally opening me up to people like Chris Marin, who is literally the person right here with me in the Brooklyn Podcasting Studio. And Chris, I just want to thank you for one, agreeing to doing this episode and two, just giving you a shout out for leaning in when you heard the podcast and reaching out to me because you did that. You created yeah. this dynamic and we're talking now because you literally said, I'm just going to hit him up. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it, it was interesting because as I was hearing that, it was hearing the podcast. Actually, it was the the first one, the 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 very first episode, the tri- I guess the, the trial episode, I guess. Mm-hmm. And when I heard it, it was I heard a lot of things in in what you grew up in and a lot of things you were talking about that I was like, oh crap, I that relates to me. Like I understand what he's talking about. Mm. Deeply understand what he's talking about. And as I kept going through the podcast, because I listened through the entire podcast, because you only had like two or three episodes at the time. And when I first started it, it in one day of work, I finished them all. <laughs> and I was like, I because we have a mutual friend by the name of Delia. Mm-hmm. And I was just she's the one who put me on. And she was like, "Oh yeah, I knew I knew him like this." And I was like, "Yeah, you, I can I can contact him because I don't want to like talk talk to you." And then like, <laughs> "Why are you talking to me?" You know, like, right. just in case. And then she was like, "Yeah, hit him up." And then here we are. <laughs> yeah, here we are, and that's why I want to thank you, right? Because you took a step that not a lot of men take, honestly, right? Like you heard my story as another Latino male of color who maybe had similar circumstances to the way to the ones that you grew up with. And you kind of just said, this is someone that I want to connect with. And you reached out. Not many do that. And I feel like I have shared in previous episodes how hard it's been for me to connect to other men, men of color in particular. Mm -hmm. And particularly those who are even de mi propia cultura, Latinos, you know, people who are Latinos as well. So I want to create a space today, though, to have you share very openly with people who is Chris Marin and what what has healing looked like for you? Like, what does it represent? When I when you first heard my episode, what did it bring up for you? 
And why has it become a topic that you have actually become comfortable in talking more about with me? Well, it's more of a, well, I'm, I'm to start, like, we are Latinos. I'm Mexican and Guatemalan, Mexican-American and Guatemalan. So it's, it's very, it's very difficult speaking about a lot of these things where like you hear your friend talk about his own abuses, his own, his own lifestyle. When he talks about when he was younger and he was involved in gangs, you know, like I was also abused as a young child. And unfortunately that took a toll on me that even, even as today as a 28 year old, like I don't, I don't really get to see the depth of the damage still. You know, until like you, you do something and you're just like, I'm reacting. I'm way overreacting for this reason now, mm. you know, and it, it took me forever. I didn't start really processing it until I was 20, mm. you know, and I didn't, I didn't open my mouth until I was 25, but that was until years of, of trying to be this, this is what a man's supposed to be. So yeah, I'll, I'll do, I'll do this. I'll do that. That's what a man's supposed to do. You mm. know? He's supposed to internalize. He's supposed to get violent. He's supposed to. You know, you know, go hit that guy. Okay, I'm. You know, and it's it's simple in, in your brain. It's what you're supposed to do because what happened to me and what happened to you isn't supposed to happen. Mm. So you're supposed to be the opposite of this. Mm. So for many years, I felt guilty for my own abuses, and unfortunately, there are consequences to those actions. That mm. anyone hearing this, and if they know me, I am so sorry, man. You know, like. It's just how it is. Mm. Not, not just how it is, but it's more like I'm sincerely apologizing because mm. I was I was still a child mm. you know, reacting to things that I wasn't ready for. But I think that's, you know, one, kudos to you for being able to acknowledge that and even apologize now for it, right? I think that some of us go through life kind of going through those experiences and never really holding ourselves accountable for them, right? Like we kind of just say, oh, it happened. Y lo que le pasó a alguien, it happened. You know, like I can't fix it. It's too yeah. late. No, yeah, I, I totally understand that, you know. But the thing is, like, even for me, like, I, I witnessed gang violence very early in life, mm -hmm. you know. And, and on top of that, I was going to Guatemala. Um, shout out to Guatemala, you know. Whoop, whoop. Whoop, whoop. Um, <laughs> but uh, when I was going to Guatemala at a se as a seven-year-old kid, like, I witnessed someone get murdered in front of me. So, like, for me, violence was something that was very, very natural. You know, I didn't I didn't very much witness like violence at home and stuff, but outside it was all the time. And mm. I was working at the time, not working, I was helping my father with his um his car service. And I was, you know what tirando tarjeta is? You know, mm. that little kid that always gives out business cards. <laughs> but I was that one going into your building, putting it under your door, you know, and, and I it was in the late nineties in uh Myrtle Avenue in Brooklyn, out in Clinton Hill, out in Fort Greene. Back when Myrtle Avenue used to be known as Murder Ave. Mm. And like, it was very uncommon. It was, I mean, very common to watch someone get hurt for the simplest reasons, you know? And, and that's something mm -hmm. that I guess made it natural for me until I was about, I want to say 18, 19, because I never thought I was going to see 18. Mm. And if I did, I didn't think it was going to get past 18. Same here. So when I was 19, I was like, what now? I won't see 21, bro. No way. And then, like, I turned 21. It's like, so what now? And I had an ex-girlfriend, actually, um, who who told me, go to therapy. You know, like, you're you're internalizing a lot. But the thing is, she had also gone to therapy. Mm. So she she had told me to go to therapy. And you know how that is. No, I'm not going. I'm not crazy. No, I don't need it. I've done well so far without it. Until I finally went to therapy. 
And they put me with this. It was in John Jay. I went to John Jay. Shout out to the Bloodhounds. Shout out to the Bloodhounds, man. <laughs> and I went to the um, to therapy. I went to the, you know a counselor there. I was like, you know what? Just to get you to shut up, I'm gonna go and watch me get kicked out because it's not even it's not even worth it. And I go and they and I get this this older Puerto Rican dude, but he was a hard Puerto Rican dude. So I kind of I kind of liked him off rip. You know, mm-hmm. he was just like he was really cool. And I was just here. Just I'm just here to be here. And he he also had lived through some of his own situations. And when he talked, I was like, I get that. I understand that. And then I started speaking to him and I started telling him my stuff. Little by little, telling him the things I've done, things I've seen, things I've thought. And then he's just like, yeah, you, you, you're suffering through what I'm understanding is PTSD. Mm. And I was like, what? He's just like, he's like, yeah, but I didn't go to war. And he was just, you know, and he started explaining, you don't have to go to war yep. to, to experience that. And I was like, 22, three, maybe when I started really fully understanding all of this. Right. And then I start holding myself accountable because there is also maybe another kid who saw me do something. Mm -hmm. And maybe I'm also the reason why he's internalizing these things. Mm. Oof. Being able to process at that level gets overwhelming. I think very, sometimes, very right? Because I feel like what you just described, I think at some point became very real to me because of my daughter, right? Like the things that I was doing as a male in her life that was super violent or emotionally abusive to her mom were inevitably the things that as a young woman she was internalizing were okay, yeah. right? And like that, I think for me, is what did it in many ways, Um and when you talk about, you know, some of these things, even a therapist, right, or a counselor, when you talk to them, people don't really know them as such. But, you know, that's that's truly the definition of what a credible messenger is, right? Like someone who can relate to you can talk to you on a different level. Like you and I can talk at a different level because we can relate, Yeah. right? If I was like white dude who'd never gone through anything and I'm over here trying to preach to you, you know, all this I've, stuff. <laughs> I've had that experience, actually. I've had that experience where... Um, this ex-girlfriend of mine, um, I dated her for seven years, mm. but we went to a, a, I guess like a theater party because she was in theater or she is in theater, I think. And when we were there, I had met this um, coworker or castmate or whatever, but he was white and he just wanted to like get to know me. And we just started talking and he, he asked me a question like, oh, like, have you ever seen X, Y, and Z? And I was like, oh, I've seen something like that before. And then like, I just kept talking and it took me a minute of talking to realize like you're enjoying this mm. this is like this is like tv to you like my life right now is in- entertaining to you mm. that's not cool bro like <laughs> i'm telling you really dark stuff that's happening and to you this is hilarious it's like bro like and then like i stopped talking and then i realized like there is a difference with people that don't understand and people that do and that's also something i i i've gotten to learn even with my current girlfriend amy uh my current girlfriend amy like she doesn't no no but she understands that there is there is a le- there's a, a level of of depth there that even as young children change you mm-hmm. she doesn't like listen to me to like be entertained she listens to me to like try to try to change things mm. not try to change it but more like grasp and be like it's okay listening from a go. place of understanding right more than just to react at whatever you're yeah, exactly exactly mm. and that's something that was very, very different for me when it comes to other people because 
when it comes to people of color, didn't matter if they were black, Asian, Latino, they've been through something, unfortunately. And they get it, mm -hmm. you know? And we understand each other, especially when you come from that world. It didn't matter where you were. You were affiliated with something. Therefore, you understood the rules. Mm -hmm. So when you talk, it's like, okay, I get you. And I, you know, but when it comes to another person who never went through anything, you know, mom and dad pagaron el carro, mom and dad paying you through school. You don't know what, you know, you know, you don't know what a job is really. And it's just like, how do yeah. you relate? Yeah. I mean, the relating piece, I think, is super important. And, and we struggle with that. I think one of the things that I find sad about this whole conversation around healing and why this podcast is so important to me, and just in general, the conversation of healing and wellness or mental health, if you want to call it that, right, is that we need more people like us to be able to relate to one another, right? Like if I hadn't put out that trailer episode as part of the larger thing, you would have never really heard my story. Never. I would never have known you existed. And, and, and it was that, hilarious. That part. It's hilarious because like I know other friends. I won't I won't name them my name here. But the thing is, like, I know other friends who were knee deep in dirt. I have no friends who who are still doing things or other friends who who have finally retired, right? Or quote unquote retired. And I told them about you. I told them, like, yo, like this kid went through it too. Like, you know, he did this, that, and the third, you know, and this happened and he he went up north, bro. And like he he's like us. Like, okay, maybe more like you guys, but understand you know and and one of them um i'm gonna call him leo his name we'll call him leo leo was just like for real he's like yeah and then i showed him the trailer episode and he was just like holy crap like he gets it and it was just like yeah he gets it he he's the he's i guess the only one who's making something like this <laughs> you know and and that started off on his own little ideas right like mm. now it's like this is different this is a different form of idea now mm. but you see I would love to have Leo, whoever, you know, show up to and connect. As I think part of what has made this entire process beautiful is I get to meet Chris. I get to meet people like you who have their own journey, have their own interpretation of how they went through it. And then can accept that, you know, you have a new partner or someone else in your life that may be seeing it differently. And that I think is part of what I'm saying every single time I go through these episodes, I get out of it, right? Like I get a different perspective on what healing can look like for different people. So I no longer now hear someone and I'm just like, what you're saying is wrong. I'm like looking at it through like 14 different lenses with you now, it's like 15, right? Like the more stories I hear, the more I realize how human we are and how much we don't support one another or we misinterpret each other because we are just not connected deeply right. on any or, or or it becomes that uh i want you to do good just not better than me mm, mm -hmm. you know yeah the whole i'm like i have my own wins and all that and i but the moment you start winning i'm like tearing you down because no i don't like to see other people win exactly and you know that's that's whack you know? that's cutthroat behavior it is it really is <laughs> you know and and when it came when it comes to healing like unfortunately i mean well fortunately well start with fortunately fortunately you you met me at a time when healing was on the up and up. Because, okay, so I had to deal with my own abuses. I had to deal with my the consequences of my own actions. The depth of those actions. On top of that, I uh, I went through a breakup of seven years. Um, and I was a mess. That's actually, um, we met, I met Amy at my job, mm. right? And we were friends when we met. So when the breakup happened, I was distraught. Because unfortunately, if there's one thing I'll call myself, it's passionate. Mm. It's very passionate. And in this relationship, I was ready for like, 
marriage, kids, life, the white picket fence. I, I'm okay with that. That's what I wanted. Mm-hmm. And in like a couple months of dating, this woman that I have dated for seven years, this was it. it to me and my idea, this was the woman. And unfortunately, when that had ended, it didn't end in, in bad terms. It ended like we want different things, mm. which was very hard for me to accept. I was a mess. I was drinking all the time. Like I was drinking. I'd get up from work to go to work, shower and just go back to work. The minute I get off, um, I would see I would hang out and like have a couple drinks after work mm-hmm. or I would just go straight home and then just get bombed at home. And then on the weekends when me, my my ex roommates would be there, we would we would start doing acid or we would just do a lot of weed. And un- I started realizing, like, to a certain extent, these things become an addiction to your own healing. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, I was just a mess. Like, I couldn't, there wasn't a night where I didn't want to cry. And if I did want to cry, I just wanted to drown it. Because it's like, this is not what I'm supposed to be doing anyways. So drown it. And you numb it. And to a certain extent, you're like, oh, it is helping. Until you're realizing you're numbing it. <laughs> you're yeah. not feeling it. And then when it's all over, you're just left with your feelings. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until I was I was in a puddle of vomit when I woke up, when I realized this is not healthy. I don't remember passing out. I don't remember the shot that did me in or the drink that did me in. I just remember waking up in my own vomit. Mm. And I needed I needed my friends. I needed my family. And little by little, we were building up. And also, like, with Amy... Uh, Amy would talk to me because we were we weren't dating at this point. We were just friends, mm. and she understood it. Like she would be there to talk to me. But even then, like I, I just it didn't seem fair. You know, mm. like you, it became that situation where you just blame everything. Mm. You know, like mm-hmm. it's because of this that it didn't work out. You know, that one time I didn't buy bread when she wanted bread. It, it that's why that's why it ended. No, oh. you know, mm. like you you look for the tiniest excuses instead of realizing like you wanted to go left. And I want it to go right. And this is as far as it can go. Mm. You know? And then when you met me, by that point, Amy and I were dating. Um, Amy's been very understanding to, like, realizing, like, there was a lot here that happened. Shout out to Amy. Shout out to Amy. <laughs> like, there was a lot here that happened and a lot that hurt him mm. on, on a very progressive, like, ups, like, like, like an arrow going upward. There are things that hurt him internally you know Mm. and then this was like that one thing that pushed him over the edge again you know Mm. and then little by little like i healed for myself and i realized that's why like if you notice like when we have hung out like i'll drink like a beer or two and that's it like i don't like to get destroyed like only only when i was with um my brother-in-law uh william shout out to william who i went out and like we were with him i was in his house and we drank together in his house just ourselves but that's okay because it's just us two, you know? And the other events, it was just by myself. <laughs> mm. And that's when I realized, like, yeah, I need to... There, there's a there's a level of growing up you have to do here. That piece, a level of growing up. You know, I think even as you're... And, you know, another shout out to Amy, right? Because I feel like you, you're mentioning her in, in a place in your life where she was helpful in being able to put a lot of things in retrospect. But also having people who understand us or can hold us from a place of love as we're going through that journey is so important, right? Like, yeah, I can't tell you how many things I've gone through that I've gone through alone. Like the whole process has been really lonely, period, for me personally. Mm-hmm. I think part of the reason why it's been beautiful to get to know you, to get to know 
your relationship to Amy, to to your niece, to you know your nephew, everyone has been being able to see you in in having that familia, you know, and having yeah. that structure of support that yeah. maybe something. at some point you didn't see it so much, and now I feel like you're at the center of it. You're kind of like really enjoying it, right? And it's and it's not even like it's not that I didn't know I have it. It's that at the time like. You know, families fight, you know, and, and I'm not saying it's their fault. I'm saying that I'm one of those people like asking algo and I feel like it could get worse. So I'll just peace out here. You know, like I'll just come back later, <laughs> you know, and thankfully um, we were able to com- I was able to communicate that and we were able to figure that out. And we were and we're talking like you see, like, you know, I me, mean, my nephew and my niece who are full grown adults for everyone listening in. <laughs> like, yeah, full grown adults. y'all. <laughs> yeah, um, they're they're OK with certain things and I had to and you know and it wasn't until I literally sat them down and it's like all right so let me explain to you guys exactly what happened to me after this breakup or after this event or after that and just like word vomit started coming out and they were okay with it they were just happy that I'm okay Mm. they were happy I don't I didn't take things to an extreme because I am a survivor of two suicide attempts and unfortunately, my nephew's the one who found me twice, <laughs> mm. you know, so they were very scared about that, you know, but I told them like I was fine. Actually, shout out to my one of my closest and best friends, Day Day. One time I admitted to him like, I feel like doing this to myself. Actually, just for the joke matter, I'll tell you the full thing. He's like, I feel like hanging myself, Day. And he looked at the ceiling. Looked at the floor, then looked at me. He's like, have fun, bro. The ceiling's too short. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> but it so, was it was that it was that comedy that he brought in that like changed everything. That little, little thing just to make me laugh in a in a very dark situation that like kind of like changed the perspective perspective for you. Mm. You get what I'm saying? And that's that's where like I guess my unfortunately happens. My unfortunately is is that I'm passionate and there's no I'm very passionate to no fault. Like mm. I'll go 1000% and I'll fight for that thing 1000%. Not even understanding that it will cause me harm and I'm okay with that. Mm. And that's something like I have to learn to bring back. Mm. Because I have a mother who loves me. I have a father who loves me. My niece and nephew love me. I have a girlfriend who loves me. You know, like I have a friend now who was in my podcast. I'm on his <laughs> podcast, I'm sorry. And they care about me. You know, and like these are things I need to process. These are things I need to keep in mind of. Mm. And it and it takes time, bro. Like I'm I'm gonna be very raw in in the sense that, you know, I feel like when I as I've seen you, even now in this moment, you sharing with me here and knowing that other people are gonna hear this, right? Like I I want you to know that one, you are appreciated and loved on so many levels. Like I appreciate you so much for just like literally this point in time in my life, you have come in, and you have been probably one of the most intentional males to actually stay in contact with me right beyond a lot of other folk who i know and part of what i've loved about that is being able to just be a part of your life in a moment where i felt like i have tried so hard to find community to be with like part of the goal of healing ninjas was to create a community that i thought was going to be beneficial to me as well as a person because i didn't have people who i could just have this like raw conversation with literally two days ago Shout out to that movie, Soul. I'm just going to say it again because I watched that movie and I had to like really think about the fact that I've been trying so hard to build things, to 
you know, before it was alcohol, then it was cocaine, then it was becoming this like advocate for young people. Like I keep building, keep doing, and just keep trying to find the next thing to keep me busy to find purpose. And I realized two days ago, I'm like, yo, bro, what I've just been missing is being able to enjoy like this moment, just being here with yeah. you and talking to you. Or yeah. the other night when we were all hanging out and being able to just be ourselves and laugh with each other. That, and I forgot that. That's something I guess we forgot. Because if there's if there's 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 always a silver lining, and I've learned that from someone very important to me, who told me that there's always a rainbow in the rain clouds. Mm. This this idea of rainbow and rain clouds, right? And if there's one thing I will admit about being in a dark situation, whether it had been gang life, whether it had been um, depression or suicidal ideations or anything like that, when I was in with my friends. And I had a thought and I had a life where I was like, I'm not seeing 18, bro. Mm. I lived in the moment more. Like I laughed with my friends in that moment. Yeah. Because it was like, tomorrow's not even promised, bro. You know? And I lost that, believe it or not, when I started getting better. And it was very, very, very recently. Like maybe like two weeks before we met. Like where I was just like, okay, so it was really bad. But at the same time, like this moment, I remember the most because I was happy here. Mm. And I accepted being happy here. I can still do that now, mm-hmm. you know? Like, I don't have to be involved in this, that, and the third. I don't have to know this, that, or the third person to think I'm happy, mm-hmm. you know? It's a choice. Yeah. It's, Every a, day. it's an act it's an active choice you need to pick. It's an active choice. And I do want to, like, say, keep it real for people, right? Because part of what people who hear this, Chris, will... Some people struggle with that, right? That it's like, oh, it's a choice. Like, yeah, I just wake up tomorrow and you're going to feel better. Or you like, you can make a choice to feel happy. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, it's not just that, right? Like, it's, it is partly that. It is partly you make a choice to start wanting to be happy. Yeah. But more importantly, it's to make a choice towards loving you and the entirety of you. The yeah. messy, mm-hmm. the the not so shiny and perfect but also the parts of you that just make you you sometimes you can be still a grumpy person and super anxious and all of these things yeah and still be happy i never realized how anxious i get like i never i never even believed myself to be an anxious person because you know you would know like being in situations like you got to keep a cool head mm-hmm. but there are moments where it's just like why am i like I, why do i feel this way because mm-hmm. i never i never put thought into it and now that i'm there I told my cousin Kimberly, shout out to Kimberly, who told me, oh, that's anxiety. I had that. And I was just like, what do you mean that's anxiety? I've never been anxious. What do you mean? What are you talking about? It's, it's, that's ridiculous, you know? And then as I explained my feelings to her, I was like, yeah, Chris, you're anxious about this particular thing. Mm. And that's when I started realizing, I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Like two thirds of the time, like I have no idea what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. I'm just going through it, not understanding that there are, again, these are consequences to what you're doing. Yeah. It's true. I think part of what you are also describing is this thing that I am seeing now from even the auto club scene, right? That I've been, I have the pleasure and also privilege of being able to be a part of things to you and being able to meet you, right? Like most people, I think, think of auto clubs and think all these other negative stereotypes as well about them, right? Racing yeah. and recklessness. And I feel like or they think of Fast and the Furious. Or Fast something. and the Furious, exactly, right? <laughs> you know, flying through the air in a freaking um, militarized vehicle at <laughs> 90 miles per hour. But, you know, part of what I have seen from Unique Auto Club, shout out to Unique Auto Club, by the shout way, y'all, Unique. proudly sponsoring that AC. And ultimately, what I'm starting to see with you, with them, with all of the men and women, because there are also women drivers out there, mm-hmm. is that 
a lot of us are writing and driving because it has served a coping in many ways in our lives, right? Like we are able to drive mm -hmm. in community and be around people who are just sharing a love for cars. But I think more than that, to just share a love for being around people because we don't actively do that all the time, right? Like especially now with COVID, right? Like you yeah. can actively do that and be safe in many ways because you're in your car. Right. But I think part of what has been really good about that and seeing you and others involved in this is that, you know, I guess the best way to say it is I, I looked at, I was watching TikTok the other day, y'all. And I was like, I saw a reel. And normally I don't click them so the sound doesn't ever come on. This one, I saw some dude with like a little rag and a spray and was like on the rim. And I'm just like, oh, he's probably advertising a product. And I'm like, yeah, let me hear what product, what he's saying about it. And I clicked the sound. Hey, what the hell? And all of a sudden, I hear him being like, yeah, so yesterday I was struggling with a lot of stuff happening at home. And today I am here cleaning my rim. And this is one thing I have control over. And I'm just doing this right now. Mm -hmm. And I just would really love to have more people that I could connect to. But I don't have that. So I'm just doing this right now because it's the one thing that I can do that makes me feel like I'm cleaning something in my life. Or I have control over something mm -hmm. in my life. Yeah. And then the real ended. Because it was like 15 seconds. And that's all he said. And I'm like, holy shit. Like, there are a lot more people in even the spaces that we're in that are struggling. And that made it, that made yeah. the whole connection to the AC very different yeah. for me because a lot of the guys, shout out to all the guys at Unique Auto Club, right? Because all of us are able to laugh with one another, but you can tell there are moments where we're on the chat sometimes and conversations are just super personal or people are going through it or, you know, you pop a couple of drinks and, you know, all of a sudden they you start getting, being a little more honest. About themselves. <laughs> right. Yeah. They start being a little bit honest. And, but the thing is, because we've created that sense of trust, they feel yeah. that they can be more honest, even if yeah. sometimes it is with a couple of drinks on them. But even in person, once they realize, they're like, "Yeah, I did say that." And they don't want to, yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's the thing about being in spaces and you don't know, right? Like I was, I was a kickboxer for many years, right? I was, I was in Muay Thai for many years at Seton Gym. Shout out to Seton. And I had met in high school one of my closest friends at the time by the name of Jay, whose brother I was in school with, who we call, whose name is Jesus, but we call him Goose. Mm. And I knew Jay for a long time. And unfortunately, Jay, Jay committed suicide. And I had no clue. Not a single clue. Because Jay was always the smiley person, right? Mm. Always talking, always laughing, always wanting to dance. Very funny. He's one of those Dominican kids who you cannot say anything to because he's going to turn it into a joke real fast. And he was really sweet. And then phone call. And I was like, Guando, when, 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 why didn't he just tell me anything? Mm. You know, and like, that's what I like about this auto club too, that they talk, you know? And anytime anyone goes through it, I, I think of Jay, I think of myself, or I think of my friend Taylor, who also had passed away through suicide. And, and I'm thinking to myself, like, I'm so grateful that they're talking because then I have a better shot of helping, helping their situation, not fix it, but at least give them an arm, mm -hmm. un brazo, para, you know, to help them up. And I just want to tell you, you know, you mentioned early on when you restarted that you are a survivor of attempted suicide yourself. One, I'm fucking glad you're still here. I love you to death. And for all our brothers who are not here, you know, we get to live differently and support each other differently and honor them that way, you mm -hmm. know? And I think... Part of what I also want and why I brought you to um, to be a part of the podcast is because I want more guys from 
unique and other auto clubs to like really start maybe leaning into that process of having more conversations, right? We're brothers. We're literally calling each other's brothers and we're seeing each other more regular. And I feel like we just need to create more space in other spaces like auto clubs and the scene in general to have these kind of conversations because people are writing and struggling in silence. And I don't want, I don't like that. I don't, I don't like that. Because <laughs> having, having been there, it's like that little Diablo on your little shoulder, right? Telling you stuff. And you would expect an angel there on the other side. But no, it's it's his it's, it's, it's twin brother. And he's also telling you stuff. And it's not helping. Mm-hmm. It's not helping at all. And that's when, like I was telling you the other day, like with overthinking. I overthink. It, I can't curse, right? No, you can't. Oh, okay. I can't. I overthink like a motherfucker, bro. <laughs> I am one of those people. You change a bit of an attitude. And I'm just like, why do you do that? Why? Mm-hmm. You know, like, you, no me puedes hacer nada sin me thinking four things of, like, why is this like this? Mm-hmm. I overthink. And the thing is, unfortunately, when I overthink, I'm probably right. And then when I'm wrong, I, I can't accept that I'm wrong because it's like, no, no, no. Th- there's a reason why this is like this. And that's when I was telling you about overthinking. Like, when I overthink, I, I sometimes, because I'm also naturally curious and also an overthinker, I always want to figure out what it is mm-hmm. that's wrong. Mm-hmm. And when I, and then sometimes my overthinking goes far too far, you know, and I end up hurting myself or hurting the relationship or hurting my friends. And that's that's when I just start randomly doing pushups or randomly just start doing something that I know, like the guy with the rim. I start doing something I know I can control mm-hmm. because just because maybe you were a little grumpy this morning to me, that doesn't mean like, oh, you think I'm a bad friend or something. It's more like, yo, your daughter probably woke you up at like four in the morning because she had a nightmare. Mm-hmm. And like now you're grumpy because you had like an hour of sleep. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I keep yeah. in that. That's good. And I think we should honor that. I feel like a lot of us overthink and process at a level that sometimes is not helpful to us personally. Yeah, it's not. And so, <laughs> you know, as we're kind of wrapping up the conversation, Chris, for all the guys, all the men out there in particular... Are there any words of wisdom for them? And then for just all of our general listeners, are there any things that you would recommend to them as they continue to have these internal conversations around healing or just the the conversation of mental health in general? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. A big one. Um, You're not the only one. Not to say it doesn't matter, but you when you get knee deep in that, you start thinking like, nadie entiende. No one understands. No mm. one knows. How could they possibly know? You know, and and I would sit in the quiet or sit in the dark just thinking to myself, like, no one's ever going to understand this. Mm. And I would take myself to an even darker hole, you know, and it, it, it takes a lot out of you. It changes you, believe it or not. And I need I need my my brothers and sisters who who totally think this to themselves and, and bring themselves to a darker place that you're not alone. You're not the only one who's going through this. Reach out, reach out, you know, like. Reach out to that one friend, or if if it's not, you know, like if you have absolutely no one, that's not true. There's ha- there's always someone, you know. There's always been that one friend that you notice has always been around, mm. but you always think they're the uh, the annoying one, you mm-hmm. know. And it's not true. Sometimes maybe they just want to help. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they want to help, or sometimes it's a cry for help. Yeah, exactly. You know, it can be either one. I feel like that was me for a long time. A lot of my helping was a cry for help. I'm like, I want to help because I want people to notice I need help. And that was sad because I'm like, nobody's going to notice that I need help because I'm actively helping and looking like I'm okay. (laughs) Mine is more of a, I want to help just so you don't go through it. But I know you can't help me. 
Mm. So I'm drowning myself, but you know what? I won't let you drown. So once I get you out of the water, I'm gonna go back to drowning myself. <sighs> no, my God. <laughs> See, this is the whole uh, what was that thing? The airplane situation where like put on your mask first so you can help the next person put on theirs, so yeah. both of you aren't passed exactly. out. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So I just want to thank you for hopping on and and just wanting to talk to me, right? And being willing to share. I definitely will tag Unique specifically because that's our familia there. But are there other resources or other things that you would point people to in terms of any books that you've read, any other places that you'd like them to maybe look into specifically? To to be very honest, um, a lot of this, a lot of these internal processes that I'm, I've come up with has just been a speaking, like for example, like uh, Maya Angelou. Mm -hmm. Like I would I would read her stuff. I would read prominent people who we all know in history have gone through stuff and I relate to them, you know, and I, there's always a story, like your story, as much as, as much as your story is unique to you, there are, there are, there are parts of that story that are not very unique. They're universal because mm. other people have gone through it themselves mm. and then talk, just talk. Like we would have never, you and I would have never met had I not seen that trailer episode. I mean, heard that trailer or something. I would have, we would have never have spoken. And when we spoke, the first thing I told you is, thank you. Like, I understand exactly what you're talking about. I, I have gone through this situation myself. Talk. Mm -hmm. Talk more. I see that. And I just want to thank you for reminding me of that, right? Because I started this with the intention of giving other people like you an opportunity to speak. And I hope that after... Some of our brothers hear this again, that they see us also as like people that they can talk to, right? Like, cause you and I can have this convo. Um, and I hope they see and can hear that they can also come to us to have these conversations and that we can keep holding space for them. I feel like we just need to keep holding more space. Like a lot of people, like they're probably going to hear this and say, you know, this kid talks a lot, but it's, it's like when I was, when I was younger and going through it, I did not talk. Like I would go to school, talk if I had to talk and just stay quiet. The train, quiet. At the gym, quiet, unless I saw someone who knew me and they said, what's up? And I said, what's up? And we talked for a little bit and that's it. Back to quiet. But I wouldn't, it would be like superficial information I'm giving, like stuff mm. you could find out anyways. Until I had that one breakthrough where it's just like, it's going to get worse, you know? And, and then when I started talking, it's like, I just didn't shut up. Like, <laughs> Yeah. And I just want to thank you for not putting that anymore as like the face that you show to the world right like you're quiet because you have a beautiful persona a beautiful voice you're just a beautiful human being chris and i see that about you and i'm not just saying that because we're on this podcast i'm saying that because i genuinely feel that and i'm really honored that i can even call you a friend now because beyond this podcast beyond us meeting through that you have given me a new sense of hope for me building connections with men in general like literally most of my homies are women <laughs> so I'm, I'm just super thankful that i got chris y'all and i just want to thank you one last time for being on this and Orale. i appreciate you mano i love you so much thank you for tuning in be sure to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast and follow us at healing ninjas on all social media platforms if you're interested in sharing your own story we'd love to hear from you go to www.healingninjas.org and sign up to be featured. We look forward to sharing your journey next.